It's Monday, February 8th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, a show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle. With Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, Tyler? It's going good, man. It feels like a Monday. That's my only downside so far. Yeah. But it's going to be a great week, I can tell. Awesome, man. I think we're getting Russ back on the show here in about five minutes or so. He has been out, not feeling good. Thankfully, he did not have COVID. He just has a horrific sinus infection. So Brutal. Um, but I yeah, haven't we'll, had a sinus infection in a while. In fact, yeah. I don't think anyone in my family has been sick since March, which is awesome. That is great. Probably one of those little upsides of not exposing yourself to any bugs. <laughs> yeah. When you get those sinus infections, do you, I don't know if this happens for you, but I can't even like, it zaps my energy. I can't even climb the stairs. Oh, it sucks. I don't know if it hits me that hard, but, uh, my face, I get, I get a lot of pain and, uh, mm. I get a ton of sinus pressure usually. Yeah. Okay. Well, he should be on here in like five minutes or so. Uh, I want to follow up on something that we touched on last week. We mentioned clubhouse. Uh, everyone's kind of been going a little, uh, crazy on that on the Twitters talking about trying to get in and, you know, sharing commentary on it. Um, I saw another article, I want to say yesterday, um, that, that was kind of ragging on it a little bit, talking about how it has effectively, it's kind of the anti Twitter because of the way that it works and how it almost kind of recreates societal hierarchies where you have a room where only certain people can talk. Yeah. Um, I, I wondered about that as a, I mean, I actually haven't participated at all in the clubhouse stuff yet. Um, yeah, I've what's Apple only about it? But yeah. Oh well, there you go. Um, and uh, it's uh, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's an interesting way to interact with people. So I don't necessarily want to knock it, but I hadn't really considered the societal hierarchical sort of viewpoint. That's that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting take for sure. Because it's not like you can go on and and you know. Zuckerberg can get on, but then it's in a controlled environment and he is talking with only the people he wants to talk with and everyone else has to listen, right? Can anyone who's in Clubhouse start a conversation like yes. that? Where, okay, well, I, I mean, anyone, at least there's anyone that. Anyone can join, right? Yeah. Um, you can control how that happens and all that kind of stuff. And you can control who can speak and who can't and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, that just seems like a good way to curate a conversation like that, in my opinion. I mean, I, get, I totally get on the surface where that criticism is coming from then, but if anyone can create a conversation, then it really boils down to, do people want to talk to you? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they have to control it somehow, right? You can't yeah, sure. have, you know, Zuck come on and then, you know, the max room size is 5,000, right? You can't have everyone's mic open and people are just shouting things. And Yeah, that, you know, that's blah, a mess blah, with whatever. 20 people, let alone yeah. 5,000. Yeah, exactly. And, so and, and if it creates another ecosystem to have a conversation that you couldn't have otherwise, then I don't, it just doesn't seem yeah doesn't seem like that big of a downside. I mean, I think like anything else, they'll have to be careful that they don't accidentally, you know, the unintended consequences are something you always have to be aware of, sure. right? Like, are you are you creating this weird ecosystem where only certain people are allowed to have a voice and then it becomes an echo chamber and those people yeah. are only selecting other people like them to be able to speak? Um, but uh, if you're creating an environment where the lay person can interact with someone like that in a way that they absolutely wouldn't be able to otherwise, then maybe there's benefit to that. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly. Mark there. 
Yeah. I mean, anybody with an iPhone could have gotten on and, and joined and listened to him speak, basically just sitting on a, on a zoom call with him, but you're, you know, it's in webinar mode, but anyway, so the, um, the other thing that I saw this weekend, we talked about it last week that clubhouse was apparently open and, and free and China hadn't blocked it yet. And we're like, ah, this is interesting. You know, how long is this going to last? Well, it lasted until, uh, Monday like a hot second. China. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like first thing Monday morning in China it was, it was blocked. Well, and I think um, we after. called that last week. It, it wasn't so much that they weren't going to block it. It's just that they hadn't yet. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, I mean, I'm no expert with how China does their great firewall and, and tries to limit certain conversations, but they seem to have a pretty solid track record for any potential platform for criticism of the Chinese government is going to be restricted. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's, seems to be the regulation, the leading uh, function of that regulation. But uh, one of the interesting things about it is the app was never offered in Apple's China app store, hmm. right? So it's curious to see how people got it and using it now. I mean, if anyone has been on the internet, it doesn't really surprise you um, that they were able to probably somehow load the app onto their phone, even though it wasn't even offered in the app store. Sure. Um, but especially given its invitation requirements too, um, having yeah. to be invited by being sent a, a number or, or being sent an invitation to your number. But yeah, it was, it was real clear. Anybody that was in there, um, you know, there were all kinds of rooms discussing the 1989 uh, pro-democracy Tiananmen protest, which is, you know, a taboo topic in China, right? Um, it reached a, a room talking about that reached the participant maximum, maximum room size was 5,000, um, right before the block. And then there were all kinds of conversations, um, uh, around, uh, let's see, some of the rooms were titled, how long will clubhouse last in China? Um, <laughs> there was another one called, have you been invited to have tea for using clubhouse, uh, which attracted big crowds. The, this article said here on TechCrunch. And then, quote, having tea is apparently a euphemism there for being taken yeah. away for interrogation by the police if you didn't get <laughs> Re-education. <that. laughs> right. So. Ah, the re-education tea. Finest leaves. Yep. yep. So, <laughs> Clubhouse is out. It's out. very interesting. Yep. You can only chat using uh, WeChat. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on. What do you think? Let's see here. Tesla. They bought $1.5 worth of Bitcoin. And say, what is that, that like start eight, accept- eight Bitcoin, nine? <laughs> I think it was eight. Where, I don't know. Where are we at this week? I think eight what are they going to do with all 15 Bitcoin? You think they'll sell <laughs> all seven next week? <laughs> it's such an interesting concept in a, the concept of a Bitcoin. It's, it's like the reverse of like, you know, the Venezuelan currency or something where it's like, you need 50,000 to buy a loaf of bread. Oh, of course. You need 0.000000001 to buy a loaf of bread or something like that. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's the... I mean, there are obviously going to be other factors that get into it, but Bitcoin is, it, it, it will never be impacted by inflation in and of itself because it's a fixed quantity. You know, yeah. it, the number of Bitcoin is not going to increase. It's set, it's set in stone. Yeah. So it's non-inflationary. Uh, you, you get into hyperinflation in economies like you were just mentioning, I, I'm reminded of like Germany post-World War II. Their currency was the same way. It was millions and millions of Deutschmarks to, to purchase a, you know, a loaf of bread before they hit the reset button and kind of had a new Deutschmark, right? Yeah. Um, because morning, Bitcoin the- is a fixed okay. supply, it, it's always going to increase in value as long as it is relevant. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Which I think is the debate. I, I think, right. and I've seen a lot of like, conversation about this, so it certainly isn't an original thought, um, but but it was funny because the first time I saw the headline with Tesla buys $1.5 billion in Bitcoin, it, it cracked me up because... You know, this is on the heels of Elon throwing out a $100 million prize for, you know, more efficient carbon capture, basically. And I don't know the details. I, I should read about that. But uh, he, he operates one of the, certainly the the most uh, prominent electric vehicle manufacturing companies. He makes huge strides in battery technology. He seems to be moving towards generally more efficient things. And Bitcoin is without a doubt one of the least energy efficient anything's right. ever, right? Like it is insanely inefficient. Like that's to something the point, I don't think enough people talk about. The oh gas, gosh, the gas cost of producing them, right? And oh some of the differences golly. in the. In the well, uh, it it was it was funny because people actually started to try to put it in more human readable terms so people mm -hmm. could understand. But a single Bitcoin transaction, right? So moving a block. Is is the equivalent of driving a Tesla something like twenty three hundred miles or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Like that. That's a and like single transaction. Like five million credit card transactions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's it is insanely inefficient from from a power consumption perspective. And I, I actually I remember I want to say it was VMworld last year. Pat Gelsinger got up on stage and actually I mean he basically vilified Bitcoin and blockchain technology that uses proof of work in general because it is i mean maybe not even borderline but it it is it, it's so inefficient that it's almost like extremely negligent to even continue to pursue it right yeah. Yeah. That's that's how bad it is from an energy consumption perspective. So do they figure, and, I mean, do they get to a point where they can overcome that somehow, right? With the Well, no, cuz the way the with the, the way that Bitcoin is designed No, it right? would have to be a different a different currency though, right? Oh, absolutely. But but yeah. that's and that's the that's point. Some of the differences. We we've, exactly. we've had this conversation with folks that have come on the show, right? Like I know Matt Baker um very strongly does not care for cryptocurrency in general, but the the thing about I think that sentiment, um, I, I think in the long run, to be seen what actually maintains becomes important, useful in the in the long run, proof of work blockchains are pretty terrible if you yeah. if you're weighing the the environmental impact. But proof of work isn't the only way that blockchain can function too, right? So that there are some I guess fundamental sort of mathematical challenges that can be solved by blockchain. I believe, right? And and the yeah. biggest being that it can be used as a public ledger with a better sort of uh, traceability for transactions. Sure. Smart and, contracts, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot that can be embedded into it, but you can also, it's the trust. It's, it's how do mm -hmm. you automatically create a system where third parties and intermediaries and, and all of the things that can happen in any, any number of different transactions don't actually have to validate that someone yeah. is trustworthy. They're trustworthy because of how the transaction is being processed. Yeah. And there, there are other solutions for similar outcomes that don't require proof of work. And proof of work is by its very nature going to be a hockey stick consumption for power. Yeah. So 
And since Russ isn't here, I'll just go ahead and say decentralized for him because I know he, he'd say that there. But yeah, with uh, <laughs> with that 1.5 billion uh, dropping in BTC, so Bitcoin, um, B, the BTC dash USD, so showing the Bitcoin to US dollar, uh, it went from 38k to 44k uh, this morning. Which <laughs> which is, 44 was that actually an all time high? I know it's close yeah. to it, but is is it? Yeah, it said stage? it was an all time high. I thought so. I, I felt like the one before it was 43 and change or something so, a couple of weeks back. But well, no, that's, and that's insane. As soon as he announced that. So I've been, uh, you know, I follow Elon on, on Twitter, right? And he's been going on this tirade for about a week and a half now. Dogecoin, Dogecoin, Doge, like just over and over and over and over. The future is and like uploading all these memes, blah, 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 blah. And then it comes out that he puts 1.5 billion in Bitcoin. Can you imagine if he had done that in Doge? No, oh, obviously it would. It'd be ridiculous, but I mean, <laughs> it felt like it would have been part of the I, course. I'll for him. give Bitcoin this but it's like, at the very but, least, it has enough technical underpinning to be useful yes. in some ways. Right? But how can he talk out of one side of his mouth and say, you know, Dogecoin is the future, it's the people's currency, blah, blah, blah? He's saying all these things. These are his this words. Is Elon Musk. And then on the other side of his mouth, he drops 1.5B on, on the BTC. So, in other news, Today ends in Y. <laughs> I, right. I feel like that is his MO. He's not, he's a little unhinged from reality, not not necessarily even in a bad way, but with the stuff he says on Twitter and the, the musings of Elon Musk. I mean, if you're hanging on every word, you're probably going to be disappointed every other yeah. tweet, right? Like he, he doesn't seem to have much regard, regard for consistency from one yeah. thing to the next. Yeah. He's, he's obviously very talented at, running businesses or coming up with those ideas, things like that. There's there's a lot that he does that's great, but consistent and not being nonsensical on Twitter is probably not something I would put in his feather cap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in other news, February is going to be very exciting um, from a, a, a Mars perspective with three different countries having um, orbiters slash landers arriving here in the month of February. I saw one of those, yourself, the UAE, the the Hope yeah. mission, right? Um, yeah. Well, that's what that, it was. Yeah, I was, I was actually. Awesome. So apparently, you've been reading on it. Oh um, yeah. Sorry. I was going to ask if you knew. I just learned this I morning did. who the third one was. So I knew it was us in China. I didn't know who the third one was. It's the UAE. Right? Yeah, I thought that was really exciting because I hadn't heard much about it, but I, I saw it in my, uh, I guess, my aggregate sort of news and physics feed, which I don't always look at because it's it's insane. I, I found this. Um, I feel like I found it in Reddit, shocker. But uh, it's called fizzurls.com. And it it is, it's basically like a meta consolidated physics cluster. And it it has a bunch of sort of physics leaning sciencey news sites. And then it just lists like the the most recent news from all of them as links. And and I was looking through that and hope actually came up quite a bit in it. Awesome. Uh, looks like Russ is joining. Yes. Okay. Quick, Russ, say decentralized. <laughs> decentralized. <laughs> there it is. I need oh, to decentralize my health. Yeah. I had to Ooh, quote you yeah, earlier. Sign me up. As we were talking <laughs> through some of this. But yeah, the uh, the UAE orbiter reaches Mars on Tuesday, followed by less than 24 hours later, uh, China's orbiter rover combo arrives. And then uh, NASA's rover, the Cosmic Caboose, as this fizz.org article <laughs> refers to it, will arrive on the scene a week later on February 18th. And uh, 
I don't know how long they'll be orbiting. Um, I know I was reading on the China one, it'll orbit for some time, quote unquote, until it you know decides to make the risky move to actually land. Um, but if, if you haven't realized this or thought about it, you may be wondering why in the world are all three from these three different countries arriving like within weeks of each other? Well, if you know how the orbits work, there's basically these optimal windows that happen every magnets. two years. Would you say magnets? Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, it has to do with the flat earth theory. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, every, every two years, uh, the orbits get um, to an optimal position, right? And I think we talked about this maybe on a previous episode uh, when we were referring to Elon talking about the, the human population populating Mars, and you would essentially have these cohorts arriving every two years because it gets to the point where it's a lot easier and faster to traverse the millions of miles between the planets in those windows. Anyway, that's what's going on, man. Uh, Russ, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Absolutely terrible. How are y'all doing? <laughs> I feel Ouch. bad for you. Um, I'm, I'm on then, my fourth cup of coffee. That's never a good sign. Yeah. Coffee. Coffee. And if any of y'all are looking sleeping, at the weather. Which is good. Um, what'd you say? Sleep, sleep was a struggle uh, last oh, week, yeah. but we are now able to sleep, which is definitely helpful. But, you know, I'm <clears throat> still dealing with a NyQuil hangover like five hours after I woke oh, up. Oh, I can't. I can't do that stuff. Any Anything like that. I mean, yeah, if you can't sleep at all, I'll, I'll take a drug like that occasionally. I'm I am worthless for like 12 to 18 hours if I take something like NyQuil. Just Benadryl out of the box does that to me. Dramamine before they had you know some of the the less drowsy formulations, 24 hours of just like new reality. So oh, <laughs> so basically, what we need is for Elon Musk to freaking fix this. Like just fix make it. something with some little robot that makes <laughs> us be able to sleep better, and not wake wake up hungover. That's that's what we need. Elon, <laughs> get on it. Someone tweet. get on it. All right. Invest um, in that crypto. So right before you got here, Russ, uh, we talked about Clubhouse is now banned in China. Uh, Tesla bought 1.5 billion. In Wait Bitcoin. a minute. It's banned in China now? It is. Yeah. You, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. I was just ago. listening it to it? our last episode where we were talking about how people <laughs> in China are, are using this. And they were like, man, it's a great accomplishment. You got through the great wall, firewall of China. And it's like, it's probably just not that popular yet. And they haven't figured it out. And then blam, next episode. <laughs> bam, we called it's it. Just, it's just yeah. gone. For, so for predictions cool. next week. Come to TBP. Dude, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've mentioned that on the show before too, but we always catch like these little things and we're like, huh, this is weird. And then it fixes itself or gets corrected <laughs> or blows up or whatever. Um, but yeah, it got banned. It wasn't, so as I shared a little bit earlier, it wasn't in Apple's China app store. So mm. maybe they were assuming, eh, well, it's not, mm. in, it's not in the store. No one's going to be able to get it, but obviously, mm. you know, the internet happens, so. The internet does happen. I, I'll be honest. I don't really know a lot about what it is other than it's like a voice-based social media. And I kind of want to be on it because I want to be a cool kid before all the other people are cool. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's Apple Can't only. Can't be a hipster right? if you don't get there early. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's it's already not obscure enough for hipsters to be entertained with it anymore. Oh, well, then I don't know. Oh, yeah. Old hat. If I can use a triple I'll negative stick in the Twitter. same sentence, it's fine. It's been in the news. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Twitter is developing something similar. Um, the, uh, what did they call it? Moments or something like that, where you can basically spin up these voice chat things that anyone can join. It's the same sort of thing. So it's it's coming to Twitter. 
Um, they're they're trying the to find people. Eyes of fleets, which I feel like have not caught on very well yet on Twitter. Oh yeah, Still, gosh, I don't. Fleets are I don't terrible. Fleets. I don't read fleets. I don't post fleets. <laughs> I don't understand why anyone does fleets. Somebody tweeted the other day. They said, uh, "If you if you ever because if you do fleet, you can actually go into your own and you can see who all has watched it." I saw you post they that. Just that, say, that might be the only interesting thing. If I was an advertiser. Yeah, well, they, they, no, they said, uh, if you ever catch me watching your fleets, trust me, it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Well, they also roll from one to the other. So if you, like, Russ, if you yeah. fleeted and I went to go click on yours, as soon as yours yeah. is over, it kicks you to the next one, right? So it just automatically loads them. So you may end up seeing someone's fleet that you weren't actually even interested in seeing. But the part that I published about that I was tweeting was there are people on there that it was showing me viewing my fleets that haven't tweeted since like 2015 that I didn't even know were on Twitter. Wow. What are y'all doing? There's really just some strong lurkers out there. (laughs) Strong lurker game. (laughs) Strong. Anyway. All right. Um, Tyler, did you read this article? The U.S. Navy controls inventions that claim to change the fabric of reality. Yeah, I, man, I, I love the buzzwords that are in there and some of the jargon and stuff like that. They're talking about a quantum vacuum and being able to, to use quantum vacuum production to create vessels that can move uh, equally well in space through air and through water, stuff like that. They, they talked about um, uh, what was one of the other there was ones. one of them that, had was, to do that with- mentioned... And I, I didn't see this article that's in here. I was reading a different one that was talking about the same sort of thing about being able to create gravity fields as well. Yeah, like gravitational waves and stuff like that. I, yes. So, like what I Buzz mean, Lightyear I, can do. Obviously, can he? Can he fall do gracefully? Well, he thinks he can, or at least he right. can whenever he's which in is, demo mode. Which is enough. <laughs> in demo mode. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Lots of Toy um, Story recently, guys. Lots no, of Toy Story. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, no, like the article mentions, obviously, these are just patents that this uh, one. Uh, PhD came up with and, and owns in a few different places. But the, the one that stood out as being particularly absurd um, to me was like a small form factor fusion generator, right? Yeah. And um, obviously that would be really, really cool. Um, but the concept of a small form factor fusion generator, I mean, this has been in science fiction for eons. Yeah. Putting a patent together doesn't mean that it's proven technology. And let's be honest, we barely get fusion to work at all yeah. at any scale. In fact, what? I saw another article about the largest fusion reactor that is currently being produced. And assuming that it successfully scales some of the stuff that's been done, it is going to contain a 150 million degree million degree that's plasma. In the center of a near absolute zero, like a vacuum, basically. So it will be simultaneously one of the coldest places in the universe and one of the hottest places in the universe. And that is the problem with fusion. This is <laughs> how we. This is how we get lightsabers. It's the Absolutely antimatter being controlled by matter. But, but believe me when I matter. say, 
some <laughs> random PhD working for the U.S. Navy and creating a patent for a backpack-sized one is not going to be the first major successful step towards getting there. It will well, that, be a we need kyber like crystals to get lightsabers. That's the first major <laughs> step towards getting there. I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> well, that's what that's what like confuses me in this because I can't just go and submit a patent and say I've invented time travel or a, or no, a device. Well, you can. That do you that. can absolutely say that. It just well, doesn't actually it. mean anything, which is right. what I got from that article. Okay, yeah. Because that's, he that's... also has a patent for uh, room temperature superconducting materials. Great. Cool. Why don't you go make one? Because we've been trying to for 50 <laughs> damn years and we get closer all the time, but your patent doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> well, So that's what I was going to ask. Does the patent mean anything? Does it mean there's any sort of substance behind it? Oh, well, maybe. Sure. Yeah. It is possible. I mean, look, that people have so patents I, for all kinds of ridiculous things, but at the end I'm of the day, it, it, he, he probably wrote down and he might be very technical and he could be onto something where he's saying, whoa, okay, so if this one thing I don't actually have sussed out all the way plays out, then this is how room temperature superconduction could work with this type of material and this alloy and that sort of thing. So you write it into a patent and boom, you have the patent. Now, yeah. never mind that unpackaging that one thing that doesn't work is like the entire industry's goal right now, or right. it is critically flawed in some way, which is probably more likely in that case, right? The, the patent just doesn't get us, doesn't necessarily get us any closer to room temperature superconductors or okay. small scale fusion reactors. Okay. It just I means mean that if he was right, he captured it early. The only reason I ask, like if I had just seen the article and I thought, huh, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. Um, but then, so I listened to this uh, interview the other day with this uh, scientist who was working on some secret projects in Area 51 uh, back in the day with the U.S. Navy. And he mentioned that he was working next to this thing that could create its own gravity, right? This was back in like the 70s or whatever. Cool. Didn't have a whole lot of information about it. Is this some sort of step off of that? I have no idea, but I'm curious. People, as an example, have actually been granted patents. Now, I believe most of these were in the past a good bit. Very unlikely to happen these days, but for stuff like cold fusion, right? Like there are awarded patents for cold fusion devices. Mm -hmm. Mind you, if we had a cold fusion device, nobody would be talking about wind or solar or nuclear or coal or oil or natural gas as power sources because cold fusion would be taking all of that cake. Um, so it did not happen, and the patent did not get us any closer to it, right? But uh, no, I, anyways, Yeah. I digress. Okay. Did you guys talk about Cuban's newest adventure? That he's going no. on. Go on. Like the Mark um, Cuban? It's actually, yeah, Mark Cuban. I'll, I'll shoot him a text later and see if what the deets are on this. But see if he's on the show. Yeah, I'll, I'll get him. Uh, he's starting a new app for something called Podcasters. Whatever, whoever, whatever those I don't are. I know what that means. It's called Fireside, and it facilitates live conversation uh, according to an email sent to possible creator partners seen by The Verge. The app is similar to the buzzy live audio startup Clubhouse, except with the ability to natively record conversations. Uh, mm. It plans to launch, pu launch publicly this year, and it looks like maybe one of the co-founders here, uh, a quote from them says, today we say goodbye to current media platform limitations created by one-way conversations, a lack of interactivity, and non-existent analytics. 
So Let's sign ooh, up. Ooh, yeah, analytics. It, it I mean, it seems very interesting. It is trying to get, it's trying to facilitate, I think, a more interactive conversation as well as provide way more visibility into what's actually going on um, with that interactivity within the podcast. So cool. Dude, I love uh, something to keep an eye yeah. out for. looks pretty cool. Uh, Plus Cubans behind slash it. Get on board ASAP. Yeah. How, how we get an that, invite. TPP needs a new home. Yeah, that's been something I've been trying to solve thinking about this show, right? We, we have basically one avenue of interaction with our customers right now. Customers. Why do I keep saying customers? I'm always thinking about customers yeah, in my day That was job. weird always last time. It's weird this time. It's, it's always <laughs> with weird. our listeners. It's kind of offensive. With our zealots. <laughs> it could be worse. But I just always have customers on the brain. Anyway, uh, with our listeners. Um, I'm sorry if that offends you. I don't know why it would, but... Uh, I'm offended. I think everyone's how, probably fine. Yeah. How do we, how do we, how do we get more interaction? Like some sort of live interaction while we do this, you know, does it turn into like a Twitch sort of thing, some sort of live stream? Like I would love to move closer to a live show because, and then be able to have, because of the interaction, right? That's what interests me mm -hmm. more. Not necessarily that it is live, but that it's live with interaction, right? And then yeah. it's recorded and then people can watch it later because we don't ever edit any of this. We just hop on the mic and go and then publish. So that sounds cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be a watch this space sort of thing. But it's just interesting to me that, I mean, it's like this is being announced here and then plans to be launched this year. So uh, either Cuban came into this after it was already being you know built and he saw interest as he often does, or he saw an opportunity and just uh, threw on his old you know tech entrepreneur hat and said, "Let's just go build this thing." So it'll be interesting to see, just because of uh, you know who's behind it and the space that it's getting into with that already has you know a lot of stuff going in for it right now. Yeah, man, that's cool. I'm gonna share a, uh, a link from the Verge on the uh, the TVP Twitter account, so y'all can go read about it there. All right, what else? What else we got out there? Mm, did y'all see that uh, GeForce Now had like, y'all familiar with GeForce Now, right? That's kind of like the Stadia competitor. It's the streaming gaming platform uh, right where you now. can play like PC games on it. So you can play your existing library. So I have like 600 games on Steam. I'm aware enough to understand when you say GeForce. Now I'm thinking NVIDIA. So this is an it NVIDIA is. thing. It is saying? NVIDIA. Yes, it's NVIDIA's game streaming service that they have okay. that allows you to leverage your existing games library uh, as long as the publishers have opted in to you being able to participate in that. And it was only available on certain platforms. I think Android, there was a Windows app. But now it's on, uh, I think they can do it via browsers and a couple other options. So Macs have received it. So there's been a lot of talk about how the the M1 Macs are now supported by GeForce Now. So they got a pretty big boost to gaming ability on that because the system's pretty pretty good uh, as far as performance goes for uh, GeForce Now. So a lot of these other platforms that a lot of people are buying that have limited compatibilities with gaming are getting a, a big, big boost out of GeForce Now and, and other streaming platforms supporting them. So they already jumped on board with the Apple's M1 chips and getting support for that, which is pretty cool. Awesome, man. So you mentioned... Uh, at the beginning of that Google Stadia, and that triggered something in my mind. I saw some uh, news about Stadia hitting a roadblock. I just pulled it up here and it says Google Stadia hit a major roadblock this week. This was two days ago uh, when Google announced that it had ceased all first-party game development for its innovative cloud gaming service. Oh, yeah. They, the company they has shut down not one, but two development studios and bid farewell to Jade Raymond, the visionary producer who greenlit Assassin's Creed, et cetera. 
Yeah, the, the the news here is less about them shutting down those studios that haven't produced anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I think oh, they realize goodness. that making games is difficult, um, yeah, and expensive, okay. and I thought they're they're focusing on being studio, a yeah. platform now. Right. But it is the bigger issue here is you know Google has a commitment issue. They always have. I mean, there's the Google graveyard or whatever we call it, right? So killed by Google. (laughs) And so a lot of people who support this platform or even more likely as it goes into like the tech media, they, no one supports this platform. They're all like, see, look, Google's going to kill it. They're not supporting their game studio anymore. Google has came out and said that it's not the case. Platform lives on. We have lots of updates, yada, yada, yada. We're just focusing on platform capabilities and not developing our own content at this point. I gotcha. Yeah. So that's kind of what they're doing, but a lot of people are concerned about it. Okay, good. Yeah, all I saw was the negative side there, um, thinking it had died. So nope, yeah, it's still alive and kicking. Party. Okay, yeah, I, think I saw cool, that man. last week too. But yeah, it was, it's just a just a development arm, right? Okay, it sure is. And unfortunately, um, that's going to take my re debut uh, to an end because I got to jump. Um, but it was good being back. Yeah, man, we missed you. Hopefully, I'll feel yeah, good me. enough to be here for the full thing on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get it. All right. Later. We shut down anyway. It's time. All right. Later. See you, Russ. Well, it is time. Are we done? You got anything else that's interesting? Um, well, there was one Curtis sent us. The new phishing attack uses Morse code to hide malicious URLs. Oh, I saw that. I didn't get that to read it. Weird, Did you get to read man. into it? Yeah. It was weird. Like the level of like the depth of the phishing was, was felt like inception. That's like, insane. You have an email that's sending you um, an HTML file that looks like an invoice, but then embedded in that is like in the actual code, if you pull that apart, is all this Morse code that then (laughs) launches these other scripts that will then ask for a password for something or other. Like it'll it'll trigger like an Office 365 login attempt or something like that, Mm -hmm. but then it captures it based on the Morse code that is then translated or decoded from the, the, the script inside the HTML. And you're just like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. So if anyone to open, like if you open it, it just looks yeah. like a string of uh, dashes and dots. Um, anyway. Don't open stuff you weren't expecting. Can't say that enough. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know who it's from. Deleted. Just delete it. Don't know why you'd be getting an invoice. Deleted. Yeah. And then mark it as spam. If somebody really needs something from you, they'll call you. But still, just hang up on them. Okay? Don't respond to people. You don't owe anybody anything. Stop talking to anyone. Anybody. Period. (laughs) Now, I'm going to stop talking right now because that's the end of today's Tech Breakfast podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. If we missed any hot news or any hot takes, let us know. We're always open to interactions. And man, it does it feel like Monday. I hope it's good for everybody. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Peace. See ya.